2: Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. I'm Helen. I'm Tammy. And I'm Michelle. Hi, ABGs and ABBs. Today's episode is regarding a topic that is rather sensitive, but one that we encourage you all to lean into. We will do our best to provide accurate information, share our personal thoughts and feelings, and provide tangible resources and suggested actions. Thank you all ahead of time for coming to this podcast with open ears, an open heart, and an open mind. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the news already. In the last month, the US has seen
0: a massive spike in anti-Asian hate crimes. According to NYPD data, there has been a 1900% increase in anti-Asian hate crimes in the US this past year. To give you a sense of what this means, there were 20 incidents in the first half of 2020 alone, compared to one in the entire year of 2019. And 7.3% of the reports counted the most vulnerable, elderly Asians as victims. In just one week, we saw an 84-year-old Thai man, Vicha Retanabakti, shoved to the ground and murdered in San Francisco for merely existing. Noel Quintana, a 61-year-old Filipino man, had his face slashed ear to ear with a box cutter in a New York City subway. A 91-year-old Asian American elder was shoved to the concrete sidewalk and left to die. A 64-year-old Vietnamese-American woman in San Jose was mugged in broad daylight. And the list continues, with a disproportionate focus by mainstream media. Much of this rise in anti-Asian hate activity started with the onset of the pandemic. In August 2020, UN reports showed that there were more than 1,800 racist incidents against Asian Americans in the U.S. over an eight-week period from March to May 2020. Many of these crimes have been ignored and even excused. These activities have prompted intense sadness, frustration
3: anger and fear amidst the asian and asian american community today we have tammy cho and michelle hanabusa co-founders of hate as a virus a community of mobilizers and amplifiers that exist to dismantle racism and hate tammy michelle started hate as a virus in april 2020 in response to the rise in hate crimes against asian american pacific islanders due to the pandemic in the past year, they raised more than 30 k for essential Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, or BIPOC community organizations, and hosted two virtual fundraising events featuring guests like Sandra Oh, Baron Davis, Apollo Ono, Mariah Nagasu, and more. Please welcome to the Asian Boss Girl podcast, Tammy Cho and Michelle Hanabusa.
2: Thank you ladies so much for being here with us today. Um, I know we wish we could be, you know, here on better terms and for better reasons, but um, very excited to have you nonetheless and we just want to start out by kind of you know before we dive into um, the work that you're doing how have each of you been processing all of the events personally
1: yeah it's um to be honest it's been a lot I've, I've definitely felt a bit overwhelmed I think a lot of folks can empathize that this past year has been tough in, and in itself because of the pandemic and all the change and not being able to connect with the folks that we're used to but you know seeing The rise in these hate crimes against some of the most vulnerable populations within our own communities you know we've seen kids getting bullied in school seeing the elderly attacked um it's been a lot to process and um and then definitely working through it uh personally
4: yeah i i agree with tammy i think there was a range of emotions um just roller coasters throughout the couple weeks and um you know, there's some days that I wake up and I feel positive because I'm like, we're 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 doing the work. We're we're talking to different organizations, trying to figure out what are the action steps that we can take. But then at the same time, you continue to see these hate crimes, and you're talking to fellow um, people in our in our community who are so hurt and like grieving from this as well too. And so um, it's it's a really tough time for us, but I think I can, I can reassure that Tammy and I are,
0: are trying to hang in there and continue to just push and do good work. Thank you ladies for doing the work. We definitely see that both of you are really putting in the work to do that. And I know that takes a lot of mental energy to to execute on that work so thank you for doing that you know many people were angered and frustrated by the pandemic and the wave of hate crimes that started drawing the public eye in 2020 how did you go about deciding that hate as a virus was how you wanted to contribute and respond to the events uh, maybe michelle you can share with us how hate as a virus started sure um you know the the name hate as a virus
4: it started uh in my living room actually um Back in March of 2020. And so uh, Carrie Okubo, Saul Lopez were actually in my living room and we were kind of just trying to make sense of like what was going on in our community, things that we were seeing on our feed, um, you know, via social media, but then also hearing things that were happening locally um, in, down, in downtown Little Tokyo, uh, Koreatown, Chinatown. And, you know, we were just sitting there being like, we can't just sit here and be silent we have to do something and so Kari okubo who is a core member of hate is a virus team as well um she's she's incredible and uh she was the one that coined the term hate is a virus and we're like this is a good catchy name Kind of like that, and um, you know, we, we didn't have any expectations or really a plan of what we were doing with it. All we wanted to do was um, gather folks within our community um, um, to do food crawls, actually. And so, we, we uh, put together a very short notice uh, food crawl um, to go support a local uh, restaurant in K Town, actually. And um, two days later, lockdown happened. Mm. So, you know, in between that time, um, I believe I posted posted on social media and that's where tammy reached out and was like hey let me know what i can do to help and we're here and now she's our ceo so
3: hey <laughs> I, I didn't know that was the, the birthing story of hate is a virus well i'm also i work in social media so like my other side is like that's very catchy it's a very good social campaign but the same time i like how hate is a virus encompasses everything like it's us versus racism and, and hate versus like asian americans versus like whatever so i feel like it's It's a collective term that I think a lot of us can resonate with, especially with what's going on. But thank you for sharing, Michelle. So I actually, Jan and I reached out to Tammy last week or a few weeks ago. Um, We initially want to reach out because we saw all the amazing things Hate is a Virus is doing, you know, um, and we wanted to figure out, you know, what we can do as Asian Boss for our platform to do to help with what's going on with our Asian American community. I think I called Tammy, I I messaged Tammy and I was like, hi, I'm... Please let me know if there's anything that we can do or I can do to help. I just, I think sometimes when this is, when all this stuff is going on, like you mentioned earlier, like it's a lot of process. It's a lot of like figuring out what we can even do. Like what are the action items, action steps that we can do to support or help this turned into like a conversation I had with Tammy. And I think Tammy brought us some really interesting points of what's going on within, I guess, like learning how to take action in our community, because I feel there's so many different like players in this community and how we can do our part. And um, I love for you to share what you shared with Janet and I on that call.
1: Yeah, um, definitely a lot of stuff to process with everything that's going on. And I think, especially in this world, it's both a blessing, but also could be a curse that we have access to social media, right? And Mm -hmm. we're constantly being inundated with so much noise, whether it's media or infographics or photos, um, stories that are being constantly posted, um, which is great for driving awareness. But at the same time, there's a question of Okay so there's all these different solutions being thrown around and action steps to take who do i who can i really listen to right and i think oftentimes in these situations to something that we observed and i think others have started to observe as well is that we have a tendency to look towards folks with really large platforms, right? Folks like celebrities, um, you know, public figures for the answers and to kind of lead us into this right direction and be the one who is the one to push for change and solve everything in one solution. But in reality, that's not the case, right? Something that, you know, Michelle and I have talked about a lot is the power comes from the people and people are the ones that really drive the change and there are action steps that we can take to be a part of the solution folks that we can also look towards for you know who are driving the change are these different community organizers right folks that have been uh, serving at these nonprofit organizations for decades um, who have been doing the groundwork and looking towards them for action steps is something that we can also um, focus more on um, as a community and i think we're starting to take the steps to do that a bit right we're we're starting to find out you know who are these organizations what kind of work have they been doing they're organizations that have been providing you know. Mental health services to our API community. There are other organizations that are finding ways to serve the elderly, and so really, you know, as as a community, finding ways like how can we look for these organizations and how can we engage with them and continue to support them, um, as opposed to relying
4: on celebrities or other public figures for those answers. Yeah, yeah, I think Tammy said it perfectly, and um, you know, I I think. At the beginning of Hate Is A Virus, right? We we definitely relied on our community people that we know to kind of help amplify like what we're doing with Hate Is A Virus, um, because it was a very like reactionary um, movement that that was starting. Um, but I think over the this past year of just doing doing the work and really like learning from other folks as well, we've kind of um, found ourselves in a really interesting position of kind of almost being like the middleman of of working really well with. Celebrities are people with larger platforms, but then also having contacts and, and ways to also communicate with the organizations that, that are doing the groundwork. We both feel that there's really important components
3: to both sides, but it's like, how can we all come together and work together? I love how Hada's Virus is like this middle... You guys are the middle man try, like, trying to bring everyone together. And I do think, especially in this time, like, we should all come together as a collective. Um, so after realizing this like, interesting uh, disposition of, of, for hate as a virus, like what are some ways you guys are responding as an organization to the, the recent influx of hate crimes against Asian Americans?
1: Yeah, so we have a few different initiatives in the works. Um, you know, first and foremost, we believe in the power of continuing to drive awareness. And so we've been trying to organize, you know, our community to continue to speak up about these issues. And it could be, you know, in the form of putting a social media post out there, right? And you can hashtag hate as a virus. But but it could also just be reaching out to a trusted friend or family member to initiate a conversation about this, ask them, check in on them, and see how they're feeling, um, if they've heard about the news and how how they've been processing it. The other way that we've been addressing this is also through education. So, you know, creating these safe spaces where we can have dialogue and really learn about and talk about what's happening in our community, right? And I think there's a lot of questions that we also hear within the community about, and we're also scared to ask it <laughs> out of fear, you know, that we might experience some type of lashback. but we need to ask those questions, even if they might sound silly to us so that we can learn and grow together. And so we're hoping to create this space where people can ask these questions and we can help um, answer them. And in, again, in partnership with with other incredible organizations as well. And then um, the, the other piece that we are really focused on is, again, finding ways to partner with other community organizations because it's not going to be one single organization that solves all of this right this has been an issue that has been going on for so long and it's not going to be solved overnight we really need um different nonprofits, people that are listening um, to this podcast to be engaged and involved for us to really push for change. And so um, we, we want to continue to find partners uh, through this and really build a, a coalition of folks of different backgrounds, different industries to come together um, and, and align and, uh, and push for change.
2: Can you share with us some of the organizations that you have been speaking with or working with?
1: Yeah, so um, there are a few different organizations that we've had the opportunity to talk to um, over this past year working on Hate as a Virus that we really admire. Um, you know, one of them is uh, LA versus Hate. They're local to Los Angeles, um, but they've been re- working on a really great initiative trying to push out the 211 number to encourage folks to report hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really important because, uh, you know, to, to really understand how deep these issues run and what type of hate crimes are being committed is really important in terms of shaping policy, uh, shaping the type of programs that are catered to our community as well. So they're one of the organizations that we're really excited to continue conversations with. Um, another organization along the lines of you know reporting hate crimes is um, Uh, stop api hate they're another great organization to continue reporting hate crimes to they've already collected over 2800 reports this past year which is really really unfortunate but um also so important for us to capture Mm -hmm. and then one more that i would say is um Act To change is another incredible organization that we were also able to provide a grant to um, through one of our events this past year as well. And they've been doing excellent work in terms of really addressing bullying among AAPI youth, especially the spike that kids have experienced in the past year um, due to the rhetoric
4: that's been being used. Mm. Another org that I would love to add is Nikkei Progressives, and um, we've had members from Nikkei Progressives, Kathy Masaoka, um, um, Tracy, as well, to even come up and speak as a guest for our Real Talk Tuesdays, which happens um, every Tuesday on our IGTV live. Um, They do incredible work. They've been around for many, many years. Um, Kathy just spoke today talking about the HR 40. Um, So, and and they do these like weekly educational, um, I wouldn't say Town halls, but like meetings where they really dive in um, to the history, um, so many aspects of like the Asian American history as well, and how that affects things that we're dealing with today. Um, so, shout outs to Naked Progressives. Yeah.
0: Shout outs to all of these organizations. It makes me feel so good to hear that these sort of longer term solutions are being put into action. Um, I know when all of this was happening, a lot of people were very reactionary, like, okay, what do we do? What can we do tomorrow? What can we do today? What should we mm-hmm. tell our friends? And like scavenging the internet to see, you know, the different infographics and things for like a quick A, B, and C, do this, and this, and this, and then mm-hmm. we'll be good. But... I I think to what you ladies are, the work that you ladies are doing is more for a long term solution, which is incredibly necessary Mm -hmm. if we want to see actual change. So, thank you so much for
2: doing all that work. And even speaking of the, you know, when kind of major events happen and that reaction, um, something that we had talked about internally, um, Mel had mentioned, you know, when she started seeing all these posts come up, she had put out a call on her stories just asking, you know, hey, if anyone has resources to share, you know, let us know. And it was like crickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we didn't really have anyone pushing through with any type of like useful, tangible like actions that we could take. And and this was kind of a trend that we noticed. And we had talked to our friends about why do you ladies think that it has been so challenging for Asian Americans to mobilize and take collective action?
1: That's a really great question, and I think it's something that we were continuing to discuss as well. I think on one end, um, in terms of uh, the different types of resources and call to actions that are available. I think there are a lot of ideas that are being thrown out and, and that could also lead to some paralysis, right. In terms of like, which action do I take among all of these different options? Um, and also recognizing that because this is such a complex nuanced issue, it, there's no, there's no one solution. To it all. So it's not going to be as easy and simple, unfortunately, to wrap up into an infographic. Um, But at the same time, um, you know, I, I think that there are little steps that we can start to take. Um, both in the short term, but also setting ourselves up for the long term, right? So mm-hmm. in the short term, what we do know is, you know, we can continue to amplify these messages, right? Regardless of the size of your platform. Um, we know that, you know, you can still take the steps to learn more about these issues, dive into our history a little bit more. I think on that note too, I think that that is one of the other components as to why some folks might be hesitant, um, obviously not speaking for everybody in the community, But even for me personally, um, if this was me just a few years ago, like I imagine that I would have been very scared to speak up about these issues, right? Because I don't know much, you know, I didn't know much about our API API history. It's not something that we're taught in schools, right? And it's not conversations that we typically have in our own households, right? It's something that we typically don't even talk about in households or, or intentionally avoid. And so I think there's still a lot of learning, in dialogue and practice that we have to do and grow that muscle of becoming more confident about using our voice and speaking up about these issues.
4: Yeah, and just to jump off of what Tammy just said, 170 plus years of Asian American history is not really that long in the grand scheme of things, you know, and also to that point, Asian American history that is very broad. So, there are different like generations that have come through sometimes even as of recent, right? So, there is a lot large population of Asian America that we have to kind of sort out through within ourselves Um, and we're still learning through that right Um, the activism thing um, that people are talking about these days so freely that was all underground Mm -hmm. for so long and it was almost like this hidden work that like you can't show off and put it in your bios and be like, yes, I'm an activist, right? That was all underground work that was really inspired by the civil rights movement. So with that in mind too, because that was underground, now it's starting to be a thing with with social media and just a lot of noise out there. There's going to be a lot of work in terms of like, how do we talk about these things and unify our voices? Because what we saw within the last couple of weeks is a lot of misinformation um, and things and confusion of what we're supposed to do next um and, and with that in mind, too, it's okay if we're all on different paths or different stages of this activism work or this journey. I think that it's awesome that people are wanting to speak out now and feeling more confident to speak about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why we're all having a com- conversation about this today, right? Um, maybe this wouldn't have happened years back. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that's so important that we're continuing to just have these conversations um, um, and also heal throughout mm-hmm. this process. Um, because this is a long-term and, and we just have to keep in mind that um, we, just, we just need to do a little bit of work every single day. Um, and hopefully we will find the change that we wanna see in the future.
0: I completely agree with that. I think we need to all tell our stories and just you know, take up space. I feel like that mm-hmm. has not been allowed for us for such a long period of time. And people are now starting to see, I even saw one of my friends who never talks about you know, Asian issues, say this happened to me the other day where it was a racist incident someone like chased her out of a store called her you know names and she was just like well Mm -hmm. that didn't feel like it's as bad as you know other minority groups so it didn't deserve the space to be told Mm -hmm. and shared and she decided that now is the right time to share it because of everything that, that is going on and to me I was like damn we should be sharing this stuff all the time you know take up space and find value even in the stories that are negative but these are experiences that make up the asian american experience unfortunately yeah and to expand on what you were saying uh just earlier michelle i think there have been some conflicting dialogues around how to take action here and what's the right way to take action right for example some celebrities have offered a bounty for some of the salians and people were critical of this action um, and another one which I think a majority of us now agree upon is the criticism of supporting policing in order to protect our elders. What are your perspectives on this? Are there other, any other narratives and criticisms or trends that you've also observed?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that conversation is, is, is a very polarizing conversation. Um, I'm glad that we're having this. Um, you know, I, I think the first step that we can take instead of just going and resorting to the police um, is is talking to that local community and that local organization that really understands the um, what's going on um, in that location, because I think it's, it's going to differ per city, per location. Um, and So, you know, if there are volunteer works of of just making it so that the elders feel safe I think that there's there's proper ways to do that but just kind of jumping the gun and being like we need more police mm-hmm. I don't think is, is the answer
1: yeah and and to add to that too I think and part of the reason it's so important to tap into these local communities and organizers too is because there's so much history tied to this as well right in terms of our relations um, it's when we think about what type of solutions and actions that we need to explore we also need to to think about the impact that it has, not just on our, our own communities, but on other communities as well. And I think if we look at our history of the model minority myth with our API community, right, part of that myth was created because it, it was used almost as a, a way to drive a wedge between Asians and other communities of color. And, and we'll find that a lot of this, bro- this broken system and this, you know, these models of white supremacy have affected the type of solutions that we might jump to. And so if there is one solution that we think is good for the API community, it might actually end up hurting a different community. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to be very mindful of that and continue to have open dialogue among all of our different communities when we think about these action steps and mobilize around them.
3: I think I'm nodding my head off like so much during this conversation. <laughs> I feel like I'm just learning so much from both of you. I love that you guys are sharing these different perspectives. I think Tam I also I really resonate with what you said earlier like you know a few years ago I wouldn't be vocal or wouldn't have said anything before cuz you're you were afraid or like wasn't so you guys you're not trained to speak out this way, but I feel like both of you guys as I'm listening in this conversation um, I feel like I'm learning a lot to even encourage myself and even our listeners to, like, find ways within themselves to take action. Like, I feel like there's so much pressure to, like, be the first to respond to something, especially with what's going on. But after you guys both talk about, like, hey, we have to be mindful of other, you know, people of community, people of color in their communities. Are we doing things that are going to hurt them? That takes a lot of thought and consideration. So even when we want to be vocal, that's the same kind of consideration we got to do with within ourselves as we use our platform, as we speak out. So... I really want to thank you both just even for educating me and our listeners. I'm just absorbing everything <laughs> you both are saying. And, and I do remember when um, I was hearing from like the leaders in
0: our community and they were basically saying like, we, we you know, we can't make this a find the perpetrators and call the cops and them. And initially I was like, well, why not? Like at the surface level, that's clearly the immediate answer to, OK, our elders are being hurt call the cops figure it out you know mm-hmm. but it's because we have a generations of mistrust and pain between mm-hmm. different minority groups um and we know that you know certain people are dealt unfair cards minorities are dealt unfair cards in the system of um, what you were saying white supremacy right and it's, it's the mm-hmm. same system that we all have to play in mm-hmm. so we need to figure out how to not just call the cops for an easy solution and and, and further that cycle of bad policing it's figuring out what is a real solution that we can do to to come together um, as as a group sort of to fight that power
4: yeah and i think that's totally okay for you to have reacted that way or even ask those questions of like well why not like why can't we have police protect mm-hmm. us i think that's totally okay because like you are also open to hearing the other reasons why that might may not be okay that how that might hurt other other people persons of color and um, you know a really interesting conversation that that we've been having Tammy and I with other uh, community organizers right is how can folks just like us everyday folks who are really passionate and want to do something about this start these conversations with trusted folks in the community Um, I think that there are some notions of wait, I'm too scared to even ask these questions because I might say the wrong thing or I'm not educated enough about this. So I'm just not going to say anything at all. I think that there's also a fine balance of like community organizers to also being able to open up these spaces so that we can all learn because we're at different points of this journey. Um, and, and hopefully that way we're, we're going to be able to like all like understand like where everyone's coming from and then push push the right agenda mm-hmm. and the right message out there.
3: I have an ongoing relationship with stress and anxiety. I'm someone that had moments of anxiety as a high school kid, but it definitely intensified once I became an adult. Besides going to therapy to help manage it, I also have friends who deal with anxiety to call on when I'm feeling super anxious. A friend referred me to CBD for those intense moments, and I've been a big fan ever since. I currently use Ned, and I already recommended this brand to many of my other friends. I'm currently using Ned's hemp oil, and it only contains two ingredients, full-spectrum hemp extract and non-GMO organic MCT oil. For moments I feel super overwhelmed and can't meditate, I drop their hemp oil and let it ease away my stress. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for ABG listeners. Go to wwwhellonedcom ABG, and under ABG, I check out for 15% off your first one time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H E L L O N E slash ABG to get 15% off your
2: first one time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. Tax time can be very stressful. One way to minimize the stress and feel like you have your shit just a little more together is to go to the same tax resource year after year. At H&R Block, when you choose to work with the same tax pro you used last, they'll get to know you and your tax situation, which helps them find every credit and deduction you're entitled to. H&R Block knows the numbers, and by working with them every year, they can also get to know you and your personal tax situation. And because they don't want you to be surprised at tax time, they're upfront and transparent with their pricing. For 20% off online tax filings, go to hrblock.com slash bossgirl. That's hrblock.com slash bossgirl for 20% off online tax filings.
0: Hi everyone, Helen here, and I wanted to remind you that we are now going on week 5 of our live weekly show on the Stereo app. Thank you so much for the people who have been tuning in to our episodes. These are usually 35 to even 60 minutes long, depending on the topic, and we just go off the cuff, unscripted, giving y'all some extra ear candy each week. So if you are interested in tuning in, check out the notes in the description of this podcast episode or check out our link tree on our Instagram bio. We have this week's schedule show link out and ready to go. And yes, Stereo is free for any of you who have yet to download the app. What I like about the platform so far is that our listeners, meaning you, you're able to connect with us by sending us real-time audio messages so that we can answer those on the spot. This app allows podcast creators like us to build an even more intimate relationship with our listeners by engaging y'all in direct conversations. Again, check out the link in the description of these show notes or the link in our Instagram bio. Join us every week on the Stereo app. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin.
2: I love that you're setting the context um, for the situation being that we are in a state of wanting to absorb information and to like slow down to think things through to read to inform ourselves um, as you've seen that there were you know, we said that initially there was like a bit of silence after all of this happened because we couldn't figure out what to do. But there was also a lot of people like criticizing anything that was being done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was hoping that Tammy, you could just talk a little bit about that because I know on our, uh, Mel and I, when we had called you, I think that day you had mentioned something about someone's reaction to like a celebrity's response. Um, And just wondering how you ladies would respond to, you know, anyone who has criticism for any type of actions that are being taken.
1: Yeah. That's such a great question. And, you know, it's something that we've seen quite a few times um, while working on these issues. Um, But in terms of folks um, experiencing lashback for not necessarily speaking up right away on their platforms, um, you know, I, I think michelle touched on this a little bit earlier as well but i think it's just also remembering that everybody has their independent journeys and timelines and paths when it comes to finding their voice and how they really want to use their voice to activate around these issues and so you know i think we also need we need to have more empathy for folks right and not jump to conclusions or make assumptions about folks you know was One person might not be as vocal on social media, but they might be actually behind the scenes fundraising and donating to these causes. They might be doing the internal work of reading books and learning about the history and trying to become more educated on these issues. And those type of actions are just as important as speaking up on your platforms, right? And I would almost even argue that it's better to be, take more time, be more informed about what you say And thoughtful, intentional about what you say and then speak your truth as opposed to just reacting and 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 spreading potential misinformation out there. Right. And so I want to encourage um, our community just to continue to treat each other, um, treat each other with grace and love and just support each other in this space, because it's a hard topic to navigate. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really tough situation, um, and tough issues to talk about as a community. And we're really all learning and growing and let's hopefully grow together.
3: Now, those are beautiful words, Tammy. I think as you're speaking or talking about this, it just reminds you like stories that like, I have some friends that, um, that, that were vocal, you know, during previous like social situations. And these are Asian American, my Asian American friends, but they're a little bit more, I guess, quieter this time around because, you know, after some conversations with them, like you realize how the racism going on within our community against the Asian-Americans is actually very. they have some like personal stories that are deeply rooted that they don't actually feel comfortable speaking out about because talking about these situations brings out a very dark memory for them because some of their parents were attacked when they were kids. So it's just like, I can only imagine that for a lot of individuals in our community that this time is very like, it's very painful for them, not only processing what's going on with other people, but it brings back really dark memories for them as children because like, One of my friends was telling me how she never told me this, but her parents were like verbally abused because they're Asian. And then she was like, this time is really, it's a scary time for her because it just brings back really dark memories for her. And I'm like, I think for me, as I see people speak out and people who don't speak out, I'm just like, you know, I, I try to remind myself to not judge their silence because they're probably going through some internal things that they're trying to process before even making a steam or even wanting to. So I appreciate what you had to say about, you know, being more empathetic towards everyone in our community. I'm also very curious because um, about another thing is that, you know, what's going on right now, this is not the first wave of hate crimes against Asian-Americans that, you know, you and your team at Hate is a Virus have been active in. Um, you know, you guys began last year in April during the onset of the pandemic. And, you know, this time your work is a little bit different. It's evolving. Um, it kind of feels like the second wave. I guess how is your work different this time around versus the first initial wave last year? Um, I would I would love for Tammy to elaborate on kind of like where we're heading um, for
4: 2021 um, but you know at the start at the start of this you know hate as a virus was also a reactionary thing we saw something happen we're like we have to do it um, and you know we were able to have raise a million um, chapter one and chapter two events um, we were pull, um, pulling resources pull, um, and pushing out infographics um, we were also utilizing um, you know the power of social media right and and within our network who have a larger platform but I think throughout that year we have learned a lot and figured out like yes where is our positioning for hate as a virus what can we do to actually create good impact um, and I think now that it's more than just a movement right it's it's an it's a non organization and there are things that we have to be accountable ourselves as a nonprofit and things that we can do. So we're less reactionary, um, moving forward. So, um, I think that's something that like us as a team have really learned and, and grown from. Yeah.
1: And, and to add to that too, I think we have seen our community learn and grow too. It's been kind of cool to witness it. I think when the events were happening um, last year, I think a lot of folks were shocked and they did recognize that this was a problem, but I think people were still really scared to speak up and use their voices. Right. And, um, and this year with this second wave wave of um, incidents of, um, of hate crimes, I think we're seeing, it's like a second wake up call to our community. And I think a lot of folks have also had some time to learn more about our history and why these incidents were happening, um, especially related to BLM and then also these hate crimes as well. Um, and so people are becoming more confident about speaking up and voicing. Um, that this is not okay. And so that's been really, really um, impactful. And a conversation that we've been having recently as well is now that uh, it seems like what the first step that we were really pushing for was continuing to drive awareness of these hate crimes and how serious it was. Right? That it's not just like a one-off event that was happening last year. It's something that had continued to persist, um, especially uh, after COVID-19. Um, and so I think the question now has been shifting to what are the actions that we can take? As a community and people are wanting to know how can I, I'm ready to activate. So what can I do now? And so that's also something that we've been focusing more on as an organization is really thinking about what are some action steps that we can provide to our community? Again, that are informed by um, existing boots on the ground community organizations. And so something that we are working on currently is um, we, one, we are building a coalition to be able to bring in a different members of our api community as well as other bipoc um, organizations uh, with different backgrounds right so this includes activists this includes community organizers celebrities and really bridging conversations across all of us to figure out what are the needs in our community, and what can we amplify? And then the the second big initiative that we are focused on that we launched this week is a fund. Um, it's called the Community Action Fund. We're raising one million dollars to give back to our community organizations that are offering really important services for our community, whether it's around mental health. Um, again, you know, providing better care for our API elderly. Really thinking about all the different areas that our community needs support in and being able to give back to these organizations.
2: Wow, that is an amazing plethora of activities that you've just gone through. And I feel like just as as someone who is feel, like feeling that emotional tenseness and the anxiousness, just hearing the plan laid out like that is already giving me a bit of relief. Um, but for our listeners who are feeling overwhelmed, um, you know, you've laid out kind of actions that, that Hate is the Virus is going to take and, and, and the various other um, active members in the community. For anyone who's listening out there and feeling overwhelmed sitting at home, if there was only one action that they should take, what would you recommend it be?
1: You know, I, I think action steps are very personal. And so I would encourage um, listeners to find, you know, think about, you know, every person has a different gift. And so just think about, you know, what, what is your gift and how do you wanna take action, right? It could be um, if, if what you're most comfortable with right now is just learning about these issues. You can learn, you can read books, you know, Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong is a great recommendation that I would um, suggest to folks, um, it, you know, if art, is your favorite form of expression potentially that's something that's a way that you can take action as well, right? And I think Michelle can speak um, more to the um, more to this as well. But we've just had such an incredible community of artists that just you know started posting photos with hate as a virus and uh, you know art healing art pieces that really really um, spoke to what's happening in the world right now, um, but also. It, it helped people feel like they're not alone, right? Seeing these art pieces and it captured so many of the emotions that we're feeling that words cannot necessarily express. And so um, I would just encourage everyone listening to just find <laughs> find the action step that resonates most with them.
4: Yeah, I, I love what Tammy just said. And um, I, I can definitely speak on the art aspect of it, um, even just on a personal level, like ever since I could remember public speaking or using my voice by talking um, has always given me anxiety and um, it was never my strongest um, suit, but I think that um, whether it was through dance or it was through sports or even um, art I was a graphic designer for many many years using those types of of ways to kind of vocalize what, how I'm feeling how, what I'm thinking um, has really been a really great tool for, for me as a personal like my individual self but I think you know the work that we've been doing with hate is a virus too there's so many people out there that are using art as a medium to speak up um, for like healing tools and and that sort of thing. So I think it's a really beautiful blend that we can use um, in terms of like action steps that we can all take. Um, And something with the book, something that I'm doing right now personally, um, I was just... Talking to uh, Sean Miyuda, I do want to give him a shout out because he's been really like behind the scenes talking to us, um, as Tammy and I, yeah. on different things. But I was just like, I want to do more reading, you know, um, what are some books that are out there that are not being shared around right now? Um, and so there's three books that, that he recommended, and I've already ordered it from local bookstores here in Los Angeles. Um, so it's Asian Settler Colonialism uh, by Candice Fujikane. And then there's Freedom Dreams, The Black Radical Imagination by Robin D.J. Kelly. And then the third book is A Violent piece by Christine Hong. Um, so I just ordered them. I'm really looking forward to reading this and just
0: like continuing to educate myself more. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those resources and also the different activities that people can be doing, whether it's through reading, art. Um, and also I love just, Tammy, what you said earlier, use the gift that you personally have to express yourself. It's going to be different for each person. Thank you for sharing that, ladies.
2: We talk a lot about self-care on this podcast. And for Helen and myself, we often emphasize that exercise is a significant part of both of our self-care routines. For any of our listeners who are also into working out, we want to share with you something new that one of our partners, SoulCycle, now offers – the SoulCycle at-home bike. This bike comes with a 21-inch touchscreen and sound system specifically engineered for SoulCycle's iconic playlists. Music is actually a huge part of why I enjoy my workouts, and I personally really like the music that SoulCycle classes offer. Your monthly membership gets you unlimited access to live and on-demand SoulCycle classes, as well as unlimited access to the Equinox Plus app, where you can stream classes from other top-tier brands like Equinox, Rumble, DB12, and Pure Yoga. Also, the SoulCycle at-home bike arrives in just one to three weeks, whereas competitors usually take two to three months. Get your SoulCycle at-home bike today by visiting mysoulcyclebike.com abg and use promo code abg to get a free pair of at-home select cycling shoes with your purchase. That's mysoulcyclebike.com abg, promo code abg to get a free pair of cycling shoes with the purchase of your SoulCycle at-home bike. mysoulcyclebike.com abg, promo code abg. When people ask me to describe my style, I would
3: always say it's cozy chic. I love wearing pieces that not only look super cute on the go, but something can feel comfortable lounging in at home. And y'all know how much I love relaxing at home, so this is a must. With the temperature cooling down, LA, I'm also on the search for something that can keep me warm without blasting the heater. I am so happy I found Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane is our go-to shopping stop for our cozy classics. Their pieces will elevate your home look with their beautiful inviting neutral colors. You can feel super stylish while feeling comfortable. I have their cashmere, fisherman hoodie, and oatmeal, and I feel like I'm wearing a cloud. It's beyond comfortable, and I can't seem to take it off. I wear it at home with my PJ bottoms, and with my leggings, I'm out getting my groceries. Their sweaters are also lightweight, so you can layer it to change up your style, too. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com and get 15% of your first order when you use code ABG at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E ecom and use promo code ABG.
0: Ladies, have you ever sneezed and felt your period leak? No? Just me? I know you ladies out there know what I'm talking about. Our periods, whether they come regular or not, can be both a blessing and also the biggest pest, especially when we're not equipped with the right type of period care. I very recently, just last month, finally, finally, finally tried out a menstrual cup, specifically Flex. And I'm not gonna lie, ladies, the Flex cup is a life changer. I've used tampons for most of my menstrual life, and like many of you, I've had frustrations with longevity, leak protection, and the impact of all of these tampons on our ecosystem. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. They have the Flex Disc, which can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much flow as three super tampons, and the Flex Cup, which is a reusable cup made with a velvety soft material for a comfortable fit. If you've thought about trying a menstrual cup, this is the one. The Flex Cup is 100% reusable and lasts for years. Plus, it's completely body safe and non-toxic. So say goodbye to leaks, mess, and stress, and say hello to healthier periods for people and the planet with Flex. Go to flexfits.com and use code ABG for 20% off Flex disc starter kits or 10% off your first Flex cup plus free U.S. shipping. That's code ABG at flexflexfitsfits.com. Flexfits.com. Code ABG. I know that, you know, what you two are doing every day and your team are doing every day is not easy. And Hate as a Virus is a platform that holds real power and responsibility now. How how are both of you mentally taking care of yourself through all of this?
1: I think something that I've personally found really helpful is, um, one, is definitely having conversations with other folks, again, that I trust, Um, you know. Talking to all of you right now or talking to our team about, you know, the issues that are going on and really hearing how everyone feels about the situation has been helpful because I'm, I'm realizing um, time and time again that I'm not alone in this, right? And I'm not alone in this fight and that we're all working uh, to learn and 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 fight for our community together and so I think that has been really encouraging um, the other uh, the other way that I've been trying to <laughs> take care of my mental health has also been journaling um, so I I go through waves of journaling and then getting too busy to journal. But when I get really, really busy, I force myself to journal because I think it's just so helpful to you know, process my day um, and just put my thoughts onto paper and really reflect on what's going on and uh, recenter myself as well. So th- those have been the ways that I've been trying to ground myself during this time. How about for you, Michelle?
4: Yes. Um, something that I'm definitely still working on, it was my 2021 goal to do more exercising. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say I have really <laughs> executed on that front, <laughs> but I am continuing to do yoga. And sometimes, especially the past few weeks, I've just been lying on my yoga mat, but at least <laughs> it keeps me away from my phone, away from being in front of the computer, just so I can kind of be within my own self and um, journaling, same with Tammy this is this is all from 2021 already so uh yeah I'm I'm definitely still working on it and and I I think I really do have to take it a little bit more seriously
1: how about you all how have you been taking care of your mental health during this time oh man
0: Mm. I think sometimes it is um it's staying aware of what's going on and sometimes just you get so inundated with all of this information that it does get overwhelming. And there have been, been many times where I'm like, okay, save this post to read later. This one seems important to read it later, you know, mm-hmm. versus um, I think right when everything was happening, I was like, okay, I have to read everything that's going on. I have to stay on mm-hmm. top of the solutions and what we can share, what we can do on Asian Boss Girl because now we have a platform and we do mm-hmm. feel a responsibility to speak you know, on behalf of our listeners sometimes too, and, and, and spread different messages to make sure that we're supporting the community and, and our agenda. Um, but now it's like, okay, save this when you are not in a rush, busy, whatever, sit down, read it all, process it, and, and don't let it, you know, overwhelm your day, Helen, because you will. <laughs> so I think that's something that um, I've just been trying to do myself.
2: I think for me, I have a tendency to be a bit emotionally delayed when really drastic things happen. So I've, what I'm trying to do differently this time is just actively let myself feel the feelings. And, um, one way that I do feel like helps. And I think has been mentioned multiple times here, um, is, is journaling. I think when I take the time to like force myself to talk about or articulate like how I'm feeling and, and give myself the chance to just like focus on this aspect, um, uh, it helps to kind of feel the things and move through it versus like pushing it away or just jumping into action without processing.
3: Yeah. And the opposite of Janet where it comes to, I'm proce- I i I'm like a earlier processor. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. You but, feel all you know, the feels right away. I mm-hmm. feel instantly. And it could be, it, it, sometimes it's overwhelming. And so I learned a lot, actually Helen, what she said about like saving and then re- watching things later when you're mentally ready has been something I've been trying to do more so of. I'm actually really happy hate as A virus existed because I think you guys are such a great resource, for, like for people like you know our community and me. Like I reached out to Tammy and honestly, Tammy, after our call, I felt so relieved mm-hmm. because I feel like having someone that like understands, like to be like, oh, Bella, it's okay. Like talking to other people, they feel the same way of just pressure because, like Helen mentioned, like I know ABG, we're not like Daniel Day Kim level <laughs> or, like that, like that celebrity following, but we do feel pressure to make sure that we are speaking up and doing we're doing the right part on our platform and so that the pressure can get to us mentally and we're always on our phone like all of us are on social media nowadays because you know that's all we really have to get information and stuff and I could feel like a lot but after that call I just felt like really like a sigh of relief I think after I hung up I looked at Jana I'm just like I feel so much better right now (laughs) just having someone understand and knowing that there's an organization like you guys who are really actively doing the work that we can really trust and I think that was also something I felt really relieved by so mm-hmm. thank you so much for doing what you do and for me just having conversations with with both you ladies and th- this this podcast in general has been very therapeutic and i think you know our listeners out there and helen janet myself are going to walk away from this podcast feeling like wow we have amazing people in our community doing the right work and we feel like we're not, we're going to do our best but we also feel like we're going to be taken care of in some in some shape mm-hmm. or form so i mm-hmm. feel very mm-hmm. very fortunate for this conversation
1: I really appreciate you sharing all of that. I'm so happy to hear hear all of that, too. Um, you know, I also want to say a huge thank you to the community organizers that Michelle and I, I have been had the honor to connect with as well, because... Uh, you know, they have also shared that this work is our life's work, right? It's mm-hmm. going to take a lifetime. It's 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 an ongoing issue and, you know, we'll continue to do the work and continue to push for change, but we need to also take care of ourselves in the process. And so, um, yeah, I, I love thank you for asking this question and sharing your ways to take care of your mental health. And I hope everyone that's listening also gives themselves permission um, to take a little break as they need.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tammy and Michelle, for sharing your perspectives and your guidance with us and our listeners. You both are true ABGs and we are so grateful for inspired by the work that you are doing. Um, And I also just wanted to close out by saying that you know i think we are all still processing all of this and this is not a conversation that is supposed to provide all of the solutions for our listeners out there today's conversation captures where we are in the moment, coming from a place of vulnerability and rawness, uh, and taking the steps to share what we do know so that we can build upon what we know and develop true change in the near future. So, thank you both, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Please go check out hatersavires.org and follow hate as a virus on Instagram for all the amazing work that these ladies are doing. Tammy, Michelle, is there anything going on this week that our listeners can go and support?
1: Yes. So we're so excited to share. But earlier this week, we launched the Community Action Fund um, through Hate is a Virus. It's an initiative where we're raising $1 million to support and expand on the groundwork being done in our communities around the nation. And to jumpstart this fund, Kelly Lee from Bling Empire has actually pledged to match the first $25,000 in donations. Wow. Wow. And um, yes, it's super exciting. Um, and so, you know, we are continuing Continue to fundraise uh, for this for this school. So if you want to join in with us, uh, you can learn more at hateisavirus.org.
3: Awesome. For links and codes to partners we shared in today's episode, please see our show notes. And for more partnership discounts, head to our website. And if you want to support us, here's some ways you can do so. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends if you'd like to support us through monthly donations to help keep this podcast running, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. Yes, and last but not least,
0: thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. Thank you, ladies, so much. We will catch you all on the next episode. Bye! Bye thanks again everyone for tuning in to this incredibly important episode and before you go we wanted to remind you about our live podcast show that will be happening every week on the stereo app last week we talked about to all the boys and minari both movies starring asian-american leads that remind us just how unique beautiful and nuanced the asian-american experience truly is The week before, we talked about our favorite Lunar New Year traditions. Stereo is the app for live social conversations, and we want to talk directly with you, our listeners. You can join our show and ask questions and share your experiences and opinions live with us. Download the Stereo app if you haven't already and join us live this week. For a link to the show, check out the description of this episode or check out our Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and click on the link that says Weekly Live Show on Stereo. We hope to see you there.